What does it mean to be an influencer? We are influenced by everything around us. Our friends recommend a book they loved and we are influenced when we order it. We see someone on our feed in a great outfit and we click the link and maybe purchase it. We are influenced all the time and every day by the world around us. There are so many external influences that impact our decisions. But today, I'm talking with one of the top five influencers about doing something different than what everyone expected of her. She talks about tapping into her own passion to discover what she and you are capable of and not letting anything such as age or anyone such as critics dictate all that you are meant to accomplish. Let's jump in. The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks. But it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Happy Even After podcast and I have a special treat here today and I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Now we have all heard of the word influencer, but today we have a really big one here and the what I love about her though is that her platform is about so much more than pretty pictures or a nice filter. So let me introduce you to Malvika Sheth who is a fashion and beauty influencer and blogger, model, and creative at heart. Her blog is called Style by Malvika, and she was rated one of the top five influencers by Pixley. She has had major campaigns, such as with Reebok, but here's what I really, really just adore about her and why I knew I wanted to have her on here, is she's not going to take on partnerships unless it feels good to her and unless it's authentic to her. And she's an entrepreneur really down to her core right from the very beginning. So she believes in being authentic in her work and she speaks openly about her own struggle with body image and even critics and doubters along her journey. So I had her on here today because at the heart of her work is the mission to empower women to go after whatever they want. So welcome, Melvika. Thank you so much. And thank you, first of all, for that lovely, lovely introduction. That was, I was like, wow, really, really good introduction. So thank you. But yeah, I'm really excited to be here and chat with you. So let's just start with the, like the the simplest question and the basic is what is an influencer? Because we've heard that term used all over social media lately. And so let's just talk a little bit about it because it's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. So the way I actually like to look at myself is a content creator. It's a term that I welcome because it's obviously really nice to be able to, to know that you have some kind of influence. But, you know, when someone else calls me an influencer, I look at it and I'm like, I never thought of myself that way, but it's really cool that you think of me that way. So an influencer, essentially, I would say is someone who has an influence and it's as simple as it could be like you have an audience on social media. It could be that you're influential in real life. And I think both are, you know, very, very uh helpful to have an influence in real life and then to have a social media presence or an online presence. But I think at my core, I like to look at myself as a content creator. And I think looking at myself as a content creator 
versus as an influencer really helps me stay true to my craft and stay true to my like creativity and creative roots. And um, yeah, just pushes me more creatively. So how did you get started on this journey? So I actually will backtrack way back to when I was a little girl because I think it started there. I grew up quite overweight. I wouldn't even say overweight. I was just on the bigger side. And everyone in my family, everyone in my school, everyone tried to remind me just, oh, like, do you know people are making fun of you? You have oily skin. Do you know that like, you know, my friends used to tell me like, oh, why don't you just like join a gym? And like, why don't you just eat salads and stuff like that? And, you know, it's, it, I think when you're young, those kinds of comments, we take it so much to heart and we really, really try to kind of just like do what we can to make sure people aren't criticizing us. And I, I think the first tool I knew that I had was I knew I had an eye for fashion. And I thought, you know, if people are criticizing the way that I look so much just based on my skin and like my weight and stuff like that, at least maybe I can try to use fashion as, as a way to kind of like get them to focus on something else. So I started using fashion and really just experimenting with things that worked on me, things that didn't work on me. And I think that's when my love affair with fashion and beauty really started is when I was young and kind of used it as a tool. I would say now my relationship with it has changed a lot. I see fashion and beauty more as a tool to transform into your highest self and just tap into the confidence that's inherent within you. It's just, you know, it needs a little spark to kind of get you up and get, get you to that level every day. But yeah, I think it started then. And in terms of like actually creating this and like inventing this, not inventing, but like, you know, building this platform for myself, I went to a school where it was known as the number one school for entrepreneurship. And I studied entrepreneurship and marketing there. But the weird fact is everyone that graduates, not everyone, but like a huge majority of everyone that graduates from that school goes on the first few years to work at like an Ernst & Young or PwC and like all these big companies. And that's also really great. You know, people were working at Facebook and Google and all these amazing companies. But I thought to myself, like, why would I take all this education that I have about how to build your own business and go and give that to someone else and help someone else grow their dreams, you know? So I loved fashion and beauty, didn't have a chance to really do much in terms of taking classes or learn or go to fashion school or anything. I had a few internships, but with that fashion, beauty, marketing, and entrepreneurship background, I knew, first of all, that I wanted to graduate early because I had started my blog when I was in college and I was a sophomore and I was spending way more time thinking about my business and my blog and my content than I was about classes. So I told myself, Malvika, we're going to graduate early. We're going to take a year to focus on this thing full time and then see where it goes. And my one year has been up. So I graduated a in May of 2019, right? Yeah, May of 2019. And, um, you know, now here I am. This is what I'm doing. Wow. So you just said so much there. And I'm like, I want to dive into some of that. But first of all, like that idea of going to a job that's, you know, your typical nine to five job and sort of zapping the creativity out of you is, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think it's something that's so common. And I think that we see that. And after, even after you've been in the workforce for a while, you kind of lose that creative spark. So, you know, it's, it's incredible that at your age, you were able to say like, I want to take the skills that I have. I want to take the passion that I have. And I want to take this creativity that's innate in you and turn it into 
something in like, here you go world. And here's, you know, I'm putting this out there. So, I mean, that's amazing. And I think that that just goes to there's when you're an entrepreneur, you are from the very beginning. Like there's no switch that flip it flips at a certain age. Like every story I've ever heard of an entrepreneur starts when they are a a child or, you know, a teenager. So that's amazing. So you talk about that you're not a finished product and that you're a work in progress. And so Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about that? Because I think that's, you know, that's really like a mantra for life. We're all works in progress. Yeah. So I think most creatives just first we'll talk about like work-wise. I think they're never fully satisfied with what they do. And it's actually just a great thing. And I think my I'll backtrack a little bit. I have been trained in Indian classical dance and it's still something I practice a lot. And I think that creative outlet taught me that like there is always room for improvement. So even when it comes to like my content today, I am always, you know, I have a little bit of self-doubt that I deal with. And then I'm like, okay, how can we make it better? How can we make it bigger? How can we impact more people in a positive way? And one thing that I've really, really tried to do, at least over the past few months, since I've been reflecting a little bit more during lockdown is, you know, I've understood that this, like the Indian culture that I'm, you know, so close to is is one that's not represented in my industry. So I feel like it's important for me to kind of uh, share that a little bit more and voice my um, unique perspective on, you know, just, you know, staying close to Indian values and being in the US and how I juggle those. And I think my audience has really, you know, resonated with that because I think so much of us deal with that. Okay, we're like modernizing and we're getting like super, just things are changing very rapidly, but how do we stay close to our roots? So that's something that I've shared quite a bit of. And that's also another work in progress is just how am I going to be able to impact someone or, you know, strike a chord with someone who is of the Indian culture, either whether they're fully in India or whether they're an Indian abroad, and still be able to talk about fashion and beauty. So I think that's something that I'm really working on. So how do you reconcile? Because I think you're you're hitting the, the nail on the head when you're a creative. Putting your work out into the world is probably one of the hardest things that you do because it's terrifying uh, to think about maybe you're going to have the criticism that comes back. So how do you reconcile with that fact of like, it doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to put it out there? Yeah. So I think, I think I was born an oversharer ever since I was a little girl. I couldn't keep anything within me, whether it was, I made my mom when I was in kindergarten, I made her like, I painted a box for her and, you know, for her to put her jewelry um, for Mother's Day. And I wasn't supposed to tell her. And I came in the car and I was like, mom, I have something, but I'm not supposed to tell you, but I made you a jewelry box. Like I've always been a little bit of an overshare. And I think that is what kind of forces me to put something out there, even if it's not like 100%, if it's like 90 or even 85, I'm like, I think this will still do decently well. So I'm going to put it out there. And plus, personally, I feel like not putting something out there for like maybe one or two small things that you're like, I don't, you know, like, I think that will make you too unrelatable. Because if you try to make everything look perfect, and everything has to be perfect and perfect. And this level of perfection is kind of, if you think about it, what what's what can be toxic about social media. So for me, it's like striking that balance between aspirational and relatable. And I think that whole me not being perfect and not working myself to that 100% level is a good thing. And um as I'm a work in progress and while I can try to improve 
things, I think it's nice to have my audience on that journey with me and see I'm not perfect right now, but we're working our way to like getting better and, you know, slowly improving. And that's such a hard concept too, because I think you're right. Social media, you you flip through anyone's feed and there's so much perfection out there, but we all yeah. know that it's not real life. And we all know things mm-hmm. have been filtered and people maybe aren't sharing everything. And I think that there's sort of been that trend to be vulnerable and to be real yeah. and be raw and people want that and they want to connect to that. Absolutely. We'll be back just after this message. If you are feeling confused and overwhelmed by the divorce process, the D course can help. This video course will educate and empower you to make the best decisions for your future. Taught by an experienced divorce attorney, you will learn everything you need to move forward into your next chapter. Head on over to www.thedecourse.com for more information. You do not have to do this alone. So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, what challenges have you faced? And I ask this question because I think that there are so many people out there and I know that I have listeners out there who have a passion project and maybe they're unsatisfied in their job and they want to make the leap or they're doing this sort of side hustle and they're trying to decide whether they go all in or not or just change things up completely. What type of challenges have you faced and how did you overcome them? So I would say most of my challenges have been kind of just the fact that I never really had access to the industry that I was trying to get into. And this is something that most people, when they're an entrepreneur, face. I mean, unless you're starting out in an industry where you have connections, a lot of us start purely because we're super passionate about something and we have this love and this need to kind of share something with the world, whether that's an idea, a product, um, a blog, content, whatever it is. So when you don't have those connections, you really have to work your confidence level up to be able to present yourself to anyone at any time. And I think growing up, having to teach myself that confidence because I was constantly just kind of looked at, I was not even given a second look. It was like, if someone was looking at me, they were looking at me to criticize me or tell me Mm -hmm. how big I was. Otherwise they weren't looking at me at all. And I think having to build that confidence from within has really helped me as a business owner and it's, it's helped me in my challenges. So So I'll give you an example. A year ago, I got hacked and that was really, really scary for me because that was just when I had graduated from college and decided that I would be doing this full time. And um, I was on vacation with my family and all of them were just like, first of all, they didn't really understand what I was doing because it was, it's so non-traditional for the Indian culture. And then they're kind of like, we'll just let her try it out. And then when it it got hacked, everyone was immediately like, okay, what's she going to do now? Is she going to get a job? Where is she going to work? And whatever. And I just had this, like, I had this moment where I was like, everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. I have still put in all my work to build what I had. I had an audience. I had people that were engaging with me. I had content that people would remember, even though my account was hacked. So I told myself, even if I don't get it back, we can do it. And I was actually extremely peaceful. And also that confidence that I was talking about, being able to present yourself to anyone, I reached out to anyone and everyone that I could find on LinkedIn that worked on Instagram, must have been at least 50 people until one person a week later responded and, you know, kind of helped me through that. And that one person knew actually a client of my dad's and, you know, via LinkedIn, you know, that connection was able to kind of be understood. So you never know and you just never know who's going to help you in your journey and you never know who you'll meet in your journey. So it's really important to kind of 
teach yourself confidence and just always, you know, try to have a smile, try to be kind and um, have hope because challenges will, will happen. And another challenge I would say is just the mere fact that I'm an Indian woman that's 21 years old. I've had trouble with people taking me seriously. So even when I'm like on business calls or like talking with a brand about collaboration and I'm, you know, whether it's a Zoom call or just a phone call, like people ask me, wow, like, you know, your content is so cool. Either they'll say, we love your content, but you're not exactly what we're looking for at the moment. Mm. Or they'll say, oh, we love your content. How old are you again? And then when I say 21, they're like, oh, you're just a baby. And then I, I think they just don't take me seriously. And I, that's mm. something that I just feel like, you know, I wish, I wish people would just look at people for their body of work instead of the other surface level things that they do inform who we are, but also people should be hired on the basis of their talent. Oh my God, I take you so seriously because <laughs> it's just amazing what you have built up so early on, which, you. you know, you can look and say, you've done this much so far, like, what are you going to do, you know, over, I will ask you that question, not right now, but, but there's so much more in store for you too. So, you know, I, I think it's incredible. I think your spirit is incredible. And what you just said is really resonated with me because it's something that like, I know so many of my listeners, they're going through a, a tough spot in their relationship and it's the, how do we get out of that? And, you know, your perspective on when something hits the something that is, you know, a really rough time is what do you do with that? You can crumble. You can say, you know, throw in the towel and say, I quit. I'm done. Or you can rebuild and you can say, okay, what can I do to fix this? And that's something that I've always preached to um, people that I work with is it's, you know, take ownership and say, what can you do to get out of this jam? What can you do to take the next step yeah. forward? And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And that's the key, I think, is even within relationships, like whether it's my friendships or anything, friends come to me for boy advice or whatever it is. I always tell them, look within. Don't complain to me about like what he's doing or what she's doing because you can't control another person. The only person you can control is yourself. And the main thing that you have to control is your mind. You cannot let that kind of negativity enter you and you have to be very protective of your energy. So I, I always say, look within. What is it that's bothering you? And then how can you change you? Like, how can you maneuver yourself to push that situation outside of your life or to figure out how to like better your relationship? Because sometimes we look at other people and we're like, they're doing this, this, and this wrong. And we forget to look within and we're like, maybe that, that, and that is happening because I'm not at a space right now where I can be in a relationship and I'm not able to give that energy the correct energy to that person. Or, you know, it's, it's more about life is all about self-learning and it's less about trying to fix other people. So I think that's a very important lesson is learning about yourself and how you can be the best version of yourself. Those are such wise words and it's so true. And we can't control everything externally. We only can control our own reactions to things and how we show up yeah. to, for yeah. ourselves. You know, that's so great. So what advice do you have for someone who wants to turn their passion into a business? How do they get started? I think you have to start before you're ready. I always tell people, start early, start before you're ready. In fact, my younger brother, he's right now applying to colleges and I see he has like such a great eye for art and photography. And I just have been pushing him, pushing him to start um, like an Instagram just to kind of have a portfolio of his work. And he started it and he's actually 
you know, he's really enjoying being able to share that. So I think what, whatever talent you have, whatever skill you have, don't doubt yourself and don't compare yourself. I think those are the two worst things you can do as you start. And as you build, you will find spaces where you can grow early on. There will be a lot of spaces where you can grow. And then as you kind of grow, grow, grow more, you figure out more spaces and growth is such a beautiful thing and change is such a beautiful thing. And I think we should embrace that instead of being scared of it. And I think with that mindset, if you kind of embrace change, embrace growth, you'll be able to get started on your passion project. So, And if every entrepreneur waited until they were ready to start their business, there wouldn't be any businesses out there. I mean, I think that that's exactly what we do. We jump in when we're Mm -hmm. like, half, you know, we have half of a plan (laughs) and we figure, we figure the rest out. I mean, that's, that's part of, and and, and there's never the right time, you know, there's always the, there's always a a better time or or what if I started, you know, next month or next year or once the kids are out of school or whatever it is. So it's just, you know, I love that. Just jump in, start now. Because imagine where you can be in a year from now or five years from now, if you start today. That's awesome. So what is next for you? Well, I will say when we were talking about challenges and like just being an Indian woman and um, all these things, I had trouble finding the right agent, the right manager, stuff like that. So finally, I think I've I've found uh, the right one. So um, I've recently signed with them and it's, it's been a great journey. I'm also hoping to, you know, get some more work in the commercial space because I, you know, ever since COVID happened, I, I literally signed with a commercial agency right before COVID hit and then COVID hit and then auditions weren't really happening. And if they were happening, it was self-tape. So yeah, I'm hoping to do some more there. And then I think just in general, I really, really want to be able to connect with my audience in more ways. And so every time I get a DM or every time I get a comment, I really think about like, is this something that I should keep doing? Or is this content something that's resonating? And then if I feel like it's not, then I kind of have to switch up the content schedule. And, and for me, it's really just about being the right kind of voice in, in the fashion and beauty industry. Instead of saying, you know, you have to achieve this level of perfection. I do on my short stories often share it that, hey guys, I wake up with acne scars. Here's what I'm doing to fix it. Here's, you know, tips on how you can kind of just have a quick fix to how you look for a Zoom meeting or whatever it is. I don't want to give people that pressure to achieve an ideal level of perfection. I think that comes a lot with just like being transparent and clear about where you're at. And like, I share how I edit my photos. I share my makeup routine and stuff like that. So people don't think I just wake up and and look like this. So yeah, I think it's important to keep the conversation going and just be relatable. So I'm asking a question just out of personal curiosity now is a day in the life of Melvika. Um, I I think people think that that term influencer is you take some pictures and you're sitting by the pool all day. And I know that that's not true. So can you just share like what does running an influencer business actually look like? So more than actually being in front of the camera, I'm behind a computer. I am planning a content schedule that will kind of resonate with my audience, um, understanding maybe like what national days make sense to talk about, planning blog content, creating content for other brands, other platforms. You know, I for me, it's not a like I'm not trying to show every part of my real life. I'm trying to give people something that will inspire them or educate them in some way, shape or form. So 
I think if I'm taking a photo near a pool and like sitting by the pool, it's usually maybe on a day that I do have like a day scheduled to go to the pool, but that's not my everyday. Other days I'm shooting like specifically, I've decided that this is kind of an editorial look that I want to go for. I'm going to get all the props together. I'm going to figure out scatter location and do all that stuff. And then it's quite curated. Other days it's a little bit more relatable, but again, it's about striking that balance. And yeah, I definitely have not had a day where I've sat at a pool for a very long time or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's a lot about just understanding how to communicate with the audience and how to grab their attention and much less about, you know, just living a really laid back, easy life and sharing all of that. And there's yeah. a grind. I mean, and, yes. and there's definitely behind the scenes in anyone who's doing that work. There, there's a lot of work to it. Yeah. So the million dollar question then in this pandemic, are you getting up every day and putting makeup on every day and <laughs> getting really dressed every day? <laughs> no. So I stack my content, which means three or four days out of the week, I have full days of just like shooting content. Today is one of them. I'm just going to be shooting two or three different brand campaigns today. But yesterday I was fully in my gym shorts and an old t-shirt behind a computer with my hair in a bun. And I've, I've also shared that with my audience. I've told them, hey guys, like I don't dress up every day. I love dressing up. And I think it's, again, it's one of those transformational tools that helps you tap into that level of confidence. But I don't think it's realistic to expect yourself to do that every day. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So two final questions. One, uh, where can we connect with you and how can we follow you? Sure. So I'm at Style by Malvika on Instagram. Um, my YouTube is Style by Malvika and my website is www.stylebymalvika.com. Um, I put up blog posts three to four times a month and Instagram. I'm on there every day. That's the easiest way to catch me. Um, DM me anytime, comment anytime. I'm very, very active. I respond to almost all my DMs. And then YouTube, I put up, again, a video two to three times a month, I would say. So that's where and, I am. And all of that will be in the show notes, too. So some final words for the woman out there who really wants to go after something and decided that this pandemic is that pivotal point where they're, they're going to make a change and they're going to do something that they never thought that they were capable of. What words of inspiration do you have for them? I would say... Find what makes you tap into that level of confidence that you know is within you. Everyone has something for me and for a few other people. I'm sure it's fashion and beauty and that helps you kind of transform into that best self. But everyone is different. And I would just say find that key that kind of just helps you tap into that level. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melvika. You were a pleasure to chat with. And Anyone who doesn't take you uh, seriously is crazy because you are rising to the top, girl. So oh, thank you. I was, I was so, so glad much. to chat with you. And I, I hope everyone that listened or is listening uh, found some tidbits of value here. Thank you. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after.